Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now, here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Hey, welcome back for another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. My guest today is Sophia Wiseone. Sophia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have a conversation with you. So to get started, you are known for facilitation and really impactful coaching. You've been practicing body work for 20 years. You're mm-hmm. certified holistic care provider, Reiki master. You were a child mystic. I'm curious about that. And uh, you are the creator and author of the skill building, I Love My Life, card game and oracle deck. Also got to talk about that. You help people move through pain, blocks, trauma, difficult transition to really find healing, creative renewal, and embodiment on the other side of that, asking the question, who would you be if you were truly yourself? So let's just start there. Uh, That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. Who, it's like, who would you be, Michelle? Who are, like, who are you when you are, like, are you? Do you have that sense? You know, I think for me, I spent a lot of years really with the pain of like, I want my Mm -hmm. life. I want my life to be mine. I just want to be myself, like really having that, um, that pull of like, whose life is this and who am I being and who is it for? Yeah, well, I think it's it's easy to somewhere along the way forget who we are. I think a lot of people go through that somewhere along childhood or, or as a young adult, we kind of go into whatever box society kind of pushes us towards and we forget who we came here to be. So I think that's a, a really important question to ask yourself. I think one of the big things that happens is that when we – spend a lot of time and energy being someone other than who we are. Um, it, it takes more time and energy than we think it does. Yeah. Like, so it, it's, it does. It's, it's draining. It's draining. And it's, it, yeah. it's, it's resource wasting. And I don't mean that to be like harsh or judgmental, mm-hmm. but it, for me, it really showed up in my health um, over the years huh. in many ways of just like, I just, I couldn't pay the cost of like, being the good girl or like mm. even being the good, like new age hippie. Like I just like, it's like, I couldn't, you know what I mean? Like even like, I couldn't even do the like alternative way out there. Good version. It was just like, I just like, I'm, I'm like a nasty urban, like poly, like, you know, just like, you know, like, yeah, just like a grungy, you are not inside Philly. A box. no, I just, I love, I love people. I love healing. I think about this a lot yeah. where I think about how, when we are who we are, there's this beautiful magic of collective mm. outcome. And that yeah. we're designed 
like, I don't know, designed, it can be like an activating word, but for me, it's like, I'm just mm -hmm. built this way. Like there's this particular yeah. way that I'm built that feels joyful for me, that feels like it costs the least amount of energy um, and it has a really high impact. Mm. And that when I partner with other people and they are they themselves and we come together, it amplifies. And one of the examples that I use mm. is like, you know, I do uh, holistic pelvic care work. I do soul unification. Right ceremony-based, intravaginal, interrectal, genital, all body types, all gender identifications, transformative body reclamation work, people taking their body back from any, anybody else. And mm -hmm. I, I think about how it's like someone else's worst nightmare to think of like standing right. in a room and like putting their hand inside someone's body and having them weep for five hours about all the traumas. Mm -hmm. Like that would literally be a version of hell for some people, you know? And I'm like, I'm in heaven. I was built for this. That is a very unique, uh, I think, career <laughs> path. So, and, and I know I, I have listeners who are all ends of the spectrum when it comes to types of businesses they're in. Yeah. This might be one of the more unique ones. So how did you get started with that? I mean, like all people. So the term that I use for what I do and people that do the work mm -hmm. that I do is called medicine calling. So, okay. um, so, you know, shaman is a term that's kind of become more popularized. Specifically, right. shaman is a particular lineage. It's a Mongolian shaman. Okay. Like, okay. uh, like there are uh, titas that do medicine work uh, and that's, they're called titas in their, you know, in, in ayahuasca in this lineage, like the, there's like different names for teachers or medicine. And so I use the term mm -hmm. medicine caller to refer to like, it, you can be from any lineage, right? Okay. It's not specific in that way. So I do medicine calling, which means I create a space in which people can experience the healing or the medicine that they need medicine meaning mm -hmm. anything that uh, changes the system activates okay. the body to bring itself into a deeper balance or to restore something damaged so i know you mentioned in your bio that this is something that i think has kind of been with you from childhood like yeah. what were your first indications that maybe mm. your path was a little different than what most people might expect I mean, the, the, the earliest indication would be before I have memory, I told stories to my parents that were told back to me. So I, for instance, told them about before I was born, why I came here, why I picked them. Oh. I would say like before I came here, when I was with God, like when I was with God, oh. before I came here and this is why I chose, I looked and God gave me choices of different families and said, send me there. They need my help. That's really interesting. You know, so uh. earlier indication, I think a lot of uh, young beings, like a lot of humans come in and have these threads of remembering, but they get told that they're not real or they don't, right. or they just get heard as stories. But I grew up in yeah. a family that respected them and told them back to me <gasps> and, and made space. I remember when my mom went and sat with the Dalai Lama when I was like in middle school and she came back and she said, and the Dalai Lama said this and the Dalai Lama said that. And I was sitting there going, uh-huh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And she stopped and she said, that's just like easy for you to just take in. Like, that's just like not a problem. And I was like, what's a problem about it? Like, it was just like, I just didn't. And what I say now is that it's like, it's this notion of things that appear contrary are not mm -hmm. inherently contrary, right? Okay. So when they appear contrary to me, that's an indication that I'm, I'm forgetting something because things are simultaneously true. Huh. Right. So if I okay. made some things so that they can't be made true, then I've created a construct that's um, 
that's not in trueness because the contrary things happen constantly, like all the, all the time. That's just, that is the nature of things that things that appear contrary aren't really contrary. They're just, they're just happening simultaneously. That's a really different way to look at it. I'm, I'm processing that one. Huh? All right. So this is something that for you is just kind of natural as yeah. you went through life to have that different perspective. At what point did you decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do mm. for a business. So this is what's right. going to support totally. me. Cause I think a lot of people have that feeling of, you know, I have this gift or the spiritual insight uh-huh. or something, but they don't necessarily make that leap to say, because this is my purpose, I'm going yep. to build a business around it. You know, I think for many people, uh, and it was the case for me, which was uh, desperation was my motivation. Fair um, enough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I lost my mind, dropped out of college. I, I didn't, um, I couldn't maintain, I couldn't maintain the trajectory. Okay. Uh, my system, I had a gotcha. lot of trauma come up. I had my own healing to do and I needed huh. to do something that I could do. And so I went to massage school. Now, I had already learned hands-on techniques. I had learned cranial sacral and learned clairvoyant readings and done some kind of like energy training stuff when I was a teenager. Okay. Um, But it was when I was 19 that I went, no, 20, that I went to massage school. um, And I had already been doing some types of body work and I went. um, And then this is, I think, interesting that I think you'll appreciate too, which is that I uh, went to massage school, became a massage therapist, and was Mm -hmm. a practitioner for years. Like, I was a massage therapist, and I worked for other people and had a little bit of a private practice. But again, coming back to this theme, I couldn't uh, maintain doing massage the way that massage was told to do. So people would come in and be like, I have this neck pain, massage my neck. And I'd be like, but it's not your neck, it's your low back. And it's not your low back, it's your fight with your mom. So like, (laughs) you're like, you know, (laughs) so it's like, uh, like, but they're not trying to hear that from okay. me. You know what I mean? Like, right. so, so I'm like, they're okay. expected in that setting. Right. I'll just massage your neck. And it was like exhausting for me to just like, I'll just massage. It was like, I'm getting all this information from them, from me. Yeah. And I'm just like, it took so much effort to huh. like do it. And so I eventually was like, I can't do it. Mm. I started referring to what I do as professional intuitive body worker. Um, And I was a practitioner. Now, it wasn't until about five years after, like, into my practice that I was like, oh, I'm going to build a business. Okay. Right? So it was like, I was just a practitioner, like, do the thing, like, get the jobs, do independent contractor, get the clients. Like, it was, I was running Mm -hmm. a business, but I wasn't thinking about it like I was running a business. Yeah. Right? Um, And I'm actually going through another growth spurt right now around that where I've done a lot of work this winter of like, what do I really want to be doing? I was like, I want to be talking. I love to talk. I love to talk. (laughs) So like, how do I build my business around talking? That's a thing. That is a real thing. I love body work. I love the body. I love bringing people Mm -hmm. into their body. I love teaching people how to be in conversation with their own body. Um, Because a lot of my own healing, I... When I was really, I was, um, was in a lot of pain, spiritual pain, physical pain, emotional pain. And okay. I was really, I would pray, I would ask, I'd be like, send me a teacher, send me a healer, like send, send me somebody. And I would just hear over and over again, look in the mirror, look in the mirror, huh. look in the mirror. And so it was like, and I had so much help. I had practitioners and I, you know, up my because my mother had a kind of a mystery illness in the 80s, she had chronic fatigue syndrome, and so doctors oh, just wow. told her she was lying. 
Um, she, yeah. yeah, right. That's a thing to like all of you entrepreneurs that got into this because yeah. you were sick and people told you you were lying. I just yeah. want to say, I believe you. I believe you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so she had to go to, you know, other, um, systems and she was already a yoga teacher. She's an actress and a director. So she like kind of had this entrance. And so I grew up in this world where it was yeah. because of, it had to be, it was already normalized. So not only did I have this instinct, but I was also surrounded by other people, acupuncturists, uh, chiropractor, body workers, um, you know, medicine callers of all sorts. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So like all kind of all of that together. And, um, I have no idea where I was going with that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's great. Cause I, I, you know, you were saying about looking at intentionally, what do I want to build my business around and what do you right. want to create? Cause I think that's sometimes a question that for those of us, and I'm one of those two that are kind of, like you said, out of necessity, we became accidental entrepreneurs. It wasn't like a, okay, I'm making a decision right now. I'm going to go get my business license. I'm going to build a proper business. I have a business plan. I, I like, I know a lot of listeners to my show can identify with this. Of, yeah never having had a written business plan. It was just a, this is a thing I can do. Money is something I need. Mm. How do I make this kind of connect, Connect. you know? So yeah, it is, it is something that it's a transition when people realize, okay, I do have a business here. Mm -hmm. What do I do with it to be intentional about it? Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I, I really appreciated when I started to look, when I made this turn and I was like, I actually fell in love with someone and we went to, Mm -hmm. this is such a bizarre story. We went to go get our, like tested for STIs, like fell in love. And we were like Mm -hmm. going to the, to the clinic. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, I wonder if I qualify for like Medicare assistance of like insurance or whatever to like do a thing. Uh I'm like filling out the form and I'm like, Oh, I wonder how much I make. And I go and I check my last year's (laughs) income taxes. I didn't even know. I look at my income taxes and this person that I'm in love with, like looks over my shoulder and it's like, Holy fucking shit. That is no money. She, she was shocked. She was like, how do you live on $12,000 a year? I was like, yeah, that's my business. My business. How do I live on $4,000? I have no idea. No joke. For years, I didn't make more than $12,000 a year. And it was this wake up call of being like, first of all, that's privilege, massive privilege. I lived a life like I, you know what I mean? Like, no way I was, Mm. that's community. That's privilege. That's resources. That's access. That's Mm. Um, also just like hippie living. I'd like never did particularly did like drugs or alcohol or like partying or massive social things. Right. I spent most of my time like crying and praying in my twenties. So, you know, like <laughs> not, the most, expensive not the most expensive hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Really, really. Okay. Um, oh, but oh, the other wow. thing that I love to talk about, which is that the first entrepreneur business I ever did was at 17. I co-owned a summer camp with 30 other people. Oh. Side note, wow. co-owners with 30 other people. That is with me. chaos. It was chaos. We learned a lot and all of us, imagine. almost all of us still talk to each other. So I, so I owned a summer camp for 12 years. So that was my, that was like, I have a wow. business. That was started at 17. So I didn't start. And so my business now is this obvious kind of coming together of like, who am I really? It's like, well, I'm a LARPer. Yeah. I'm a live action role-playing teaching, facilitating, workshop, storytelling, actress, huh? you know, wow, person. That's like, you know, who likes okay. people. I like people. Um, 
Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I had that moment being like, oh yeah, I forget. Like, oh yeah, I have been entrepreneur since I was 17. I have owned multiple Mm -hmm. businesses. Um, and I learned a lot about, uh, things not to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I can't imagine 30 people in a business meeting trying to make a decision. I mean, even when it's just me, I have like four different opinions arguing. So I can't imagine 30. It was really, well, you know, of course at 30 people, we, our quorum was like, I don't know. It's like, I can get into, that's like a whole bananas thing. Like we voted on shares. We did three Uh years of sweat equity where we would like, everybody would do their work. Uh And then at the end of the summer, we would pitch. We'd be like, I did this much work. I deserve this many shares. Huh. Now I did a lot of emotional labor, a lot of tracking and a lot of like navigating, uh, kind of subtler or like experiential aspects, which at that time, a large number of the community were, didn't see that as work. Gotcha. So, you know, it took, it was, that was like a huge learning curve of years of just being Mm. like, well, how, what did I spend my energy? It's like, oh, I spent my energy sitting on that rock talking to that camper for three and a half hours, but that camper has come to every single camp that we had after. So like, does that count? Mm -hmm. Or does that not count? And like my own process of like dismantling uh, stories of value. Yeah, you know, that that really is a great point because I think especially in the type of work you do where people are called into some sort of energetic or healing work, it's hard to contextualize the value for people and assign a value to it. Um, partially because I think sometimes it's, it's literally immeasurable the transformation that you're bringing to people. How do you put a price tag on that? And I think a lot of people struggle with that in business of to somebody else, it might look like all I did was sit here, right? but really here's what I did. I mean, that's a, that's a great conversation to have with yourself is look at what's the value and the transformation that you provide. Well, this has been huge for me just this past couple of years of recognizing that I kept trying to grow my business by upping the number of clients that I had, but I found that I couldn't. Because the way yeah. that I walked with people, I mean, that's not true. Mm-hmm. I did grow it from like six clients to nine clients as I like, right. but I'm talking about six to nine clients a year. Yeah. So because there's just to, one of you, right? I mean, you can't clone me, yourself. Right. right. And, and the way that I walk with people is so mm-hmm. invested. I l- literally mm-hmm. include you in my daily prayers, dedicate uh-huh. my transformation, like all of this work, let alone like access or resources mm-hmm. or the time spent together or all of those things, the way that I, when someone says I'm, like, we're walking together, like I, I, I've had so many incredible beings walk with me and t- literally like take me in. It's like oh. your prayers become my prayers. And so there's only so much, right? right. At least there has been, I'm opening, yeah. I'm really open to that changing and like how that works being different. But up until this uh-huh. point, I really tried to up clients and then I would fill my docket and then I'd be like, well, I need more clients and I need more money, but I was yeah. spent energetically. Yeah. I couldn't take on more clients. So then yeah. I really had to get honest about being like, okay, am I going to leverage it and create work that is not so here? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to put a price on it so that if I can only take nine clients a year, yeah. I, that it has to be $10,000, $20,000 to work with me. If I want to run a business and pay my taxes and like live in a house and buy groceries and be able to buy a Christmas present, like it's just, it's like, and this is the thing, one of the most useful things for me to realize when running a business was the like three, three, three rule of the thirds rule of like, 
any amount of money that you, the business makes, a third mm-hmm. of it goes to the business, a third of it yeah. goes to taxes, and a third of it goes to you. Yeah. So if I make ninety thousand dollars, huge, huge thing for most people. Yeah. Then I'm huge. making thirty thousand dollars. No, I don't get to exactly. keep that. I get to move yes. that ninety thousand dollars, and I'm into that. Like I'll take that <laughs> stewardship and be like, yes, yeah. I will move that money. I will do that as ethically and as intentionally, <laughs> and like in the most empowering way that I can. Those thirty thousand dollars that I spend on my business and hire people and work with people. Mm-hmm. And like, I just, taxes is something that really hits me. It's like one of those things where it's like, yeah. it's, one I, it's one of the reasons why I'm so into like elections is because like I am paying those bills, you know? So like right. I am, I am you, buying You have a right ammo. to say something. So yes. I don't want to, you know? So yeah. I, I want, you know, different decisions to be made. But so yeah, that piece yeah. of being like, make it, you know, mess. And it's like, if I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year, I need a thir- $300,000 business. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make a million dollars. I need a $3 million business. I mean, do I, do I, do I personally, yeah. I want to move millions of dollars. I don't know if I personally mean a lot of resources, philanthropic yeah. dreams for me for sure. But that, that like, that yeah. is what really shifted my like, Oh, I got to think differently mm. about this and pricing. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, a really, really good question for people to ask themselves is like, what level do you want your business to be at? Because like, like you said, just now for some people, it's not, I want to make $5 million a year. No. Uh, but if you want it to be at six figures, you got to look at multiple six figures to actually be able to keep six figures. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's so like crazy. getting honest That's and transparent crazy. about that. And then looking at my own self as both a limited and infinite resource. Right. So this is where it's like, yeah. my business is not separate from my spiritual right. practice. It's not different. My spiritual yeah. practice isn't like some like woo woo matter. I literally do pelvic floor work. Like I literally go inside. The, it's like very, that's a very like real thing. It's a very real thing. It's like a very real thing. Like in case anyone's curious about what I find in there, I find everything, you know, everything, people's hopes, people's dreams, people's broken lineages, right? Like wow. it's like trauma, 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 trauma is what I find in there, you know, like yeah. trauma. And huh. when that clears beauty, 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 power, 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 clarity, 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 huh. healing waters, healing waters. Like that's what's at the root. It's not some like theory right? It's like people shift at their root and then it's like they, their lives change, you know, their lives change. Such a different concept. And I think that that's one of the reasons I wanted to have a discussion with you is you've built a business around something so unique. Mm. I mean, that, that's not something I can go to Google and find, you know, 5,000 people that do. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you can well, find more of us. Well, let's tell where they can go. Oh, sure. That's good. <laughs> where they can go to, to find out more about what you do. Yeah. Great. What do, what do I do? No, I'm kidding. I know what I do. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I love my website. I, my okay. website is a resource that's full of, it's, I love resources. Um, so I love my website, sophiawiseone.com is a great place to go. I have a blog that's got years okay of videos yeah. and posts. And got a lot of content on your I blog. I got a lot of content. I'm working. Yeah. It's one of the things that I'm working on is um, making that content more accessible and more digestible and more, you know, but in the meantime, you can get in there. I think my search is back up so you can put things in like anger <laughs> or pelvic floor work or relationships. Okay. Um, and uh, so that's a fun thing. I have a podcast. Yes. And, yes. And my podcast is called Vagina Talks. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> Vagina Talks with Sophia Wiseman. Uh, you and... have fantastic cover art, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's good. It's a little referential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a little, yeah. little. Yes. Uh, so everybody who's, who's curious about this, do make sure you go look that up on iTunes. It will come up. I'm, I'm yep. guessing it's probably rated E, but this is, you know. Oh, <laughs> yes, but let's be clear, mostly because I just have a dirty, dirty mouth and I curse constantly. That's like, that's actually why my episodes are explicit. Um, I will say this about my episodes, which is that although I do talk about vaginas and genitals, I'm mostly talking about um, healing our relationship with ourself and yeah. reclaiming our power and, and um, really, you know, my, my hope for every episode is that there's, there's something that brings you back in like a deep way to yeah. that, that deep knowing. Um, so I really yeah. do invite people to come into that space with me. I have to admit, when I started to listen, I was like, I have no idea what's about to come through my earbuds. Um, <laughs> with a title like that but you had some really great episodes you had one about creativity that was like it was it really kind of shifts the way I think for a lot of us who who aren't maybe raised talking about some of these issues and thinking about them it's good to see a different perspective on it and realize certain things in our bodies are are maybe connected in a different way than we've been aware of before yeah Yep. So. It's like, I love to have people think so. And I hang out on I'm yeah. all the socials. I'm at Sophia wise one. Um, Perfect. so, and I mostly hang out on Instagram, but all right. Thing. Those are the things. All right. Well, for those of you listening or watching this episode, you can connect with Sophia at SophiaWiseOne.com. You can find her on social media or you can type in vagina talks on iTunes and you will find her podcast that you can look through some of those episodes and, uh, and check it out. Sophia, thank you so much for your time today. Loved being here. Thank you so much for your work, Michelle. Appreciate that. Yeah, so thank you all for listening in to this conversation, for tuning in for the episode. Please like, rate, review, subscribe to the show, and join us again for another episode soon.